So uh, just to just to kind of play this out a little bit, right? This little game uh, that we just did um, kind of demonstrates. Uh, we're we're going to use it obviously as a metaphor to just kind of talk about our relationships, and um, and it's it's pretty interesting because we're going to talk first of all about just uh, our relationship with ourself. Um, because what we tend to do in our own lives, right, is we sort of set standards for ourselves. We set arbitrary standards for the type of, of, of dad I'm going to be, the type of husband I'm going to be, the type of uh, a spouse, uh, that's the same, type of husband, type of uh, pastor I'm going to be, right, type of worker, uh, type of friend that I'm going to be. We set these arbitrary standards for uh, the type of person that we are going to be. And then, um, because we've set these arbitrary standards, we kind of put a lot of, a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? There's a lot of pressure then to, to live up to our own standards. Um, that, uh, because I, I want to get it in the whole, I want to get my standard, I want to meet my standard every single time. Just see this, right? Not just once, not just four times, not eight times, not 16, but a countless number of times. There is a, a, an extraordinary amount of pressure on ourselves to meet our own standards. If you're anything like me, um, you tend to set superhero standards for yourself. And then when you maybe fall short of that superhero standard, it doesn't always feel very good. And so uh, ideally, right, you're uh, aiming and uh, you throw well, but that's what happens a lot of time, at least in my own life. Like I get close to the standard that I desire, um, but it's not, it's not quite what I, what I really set, right? That's not really the goal that I established for myself. So if I actually meet my standard, then I'm able to love myself and I feel really good about myself and, and I'm able to say, yeah, I've got what it takes. That's super cool. But if I fall a little bit short, then I just kind of settle for that. Well, that's okay. I was close. Uh, very often, uh, what a lot of people do is um, they tend to, over time, maybe lower the standards for themselves because it's so hard to meet the standard that we set for ourselves all the time. And, um, and, and what happens then is uh, when we lower the standard that we set for ourselves, um, we, we sort of, uh, well, okay, I guess I can love myself. I guess I can be okay with who I am, uh, but I'm not quite as much as I would like to be. And then, of course, there are the times when we um, just kind of, oh, then we really don't feel very good about ourselves, right? That, I mean, when we miss our standard for ourselves altogether, then it, it becomes harder to be happy with who we are. It becomes harder to, um, to, to be satisfied with myself, to love myself and my ability, because I'm clearly not living up even to the own standards that I have set for myself. And I start to say, I'm a failure. I start to say, um, I don't have what it takes. And I wonder, can I be loved? Um, this, of course, also plays out in our relationship with other people. And this is kind of what I was doing in the kids' chat a little bit. Um, but uh, what we do here, right, the first example, I set the standards for myself. And in, this, uh, in our relationship with other people, we sometimes allow other people to set the standard for us. And other people might be a spouse, it might be a friend, it might be a boss. Um, there's all kinds of people that we allow uh, to set standards for us. 
and we pay attention to those things. We, it, it takes time. You have to listen, right? They're not, they're not usually like, hey, put it right here. This is where I want you to throw it. No, no, it's usually a little bit more uh, secretive, a little bit more mysterious. You have to listen and pay attention to who they are and what they desire. And, and over time, you'll say, okay, this is their standard. And then you put a lot of pressure on yourself. There's an enormous amount of pressure to, to, to try to please other people and to meet their standards. And so there's just a lot of pressure on this, on this moment of trying to, to meet their standard. And It's close, but not quite good enough. And so what happens over time, right, is, um, is, is we begin to worry and we begin to wonder, will that other person love me if I continue to not meet their standard? If I continue to be close but not actually getting it in the hole? Um, will, will they still pay attention to me? Will they, will they be impressed with me? Because, boy, we like to be impressive, right? Um, and, and so we, we, we begin to wonder, right, as we, as we put that pressure on ourselves and then we uh, do one of these things, all of a sudden we realize, man, maybe that person that's setting the standards that I'm paying attention to, maybe, maybe they're going to start looking somewhere else. Maybe they're going to turn to somebody else and and pay attention to them and be impressed by them, and maybe that person's going to love someone besides me. Um, and then, of course, uh, we also do this in our relationship with God, and that's, of course, where we want to be. Uh, I mean, it's not to say that we shouldn't have standards and goals in our relationship with one another, uh, in our relationship with ourselves. but of course, we want to be paying attention, and we want God's standard for life to be the most important standard for us. Amen? Even if you don't agree, just say amen and, and nod your head like you're paying attention, okay? So, so God's standard is re really where we want to be. And the cool thing is, is that there's no mystery here. Right? We don't have to wait and wonder, gee, what does God want for me? No, no, just read the book, people. Right? Read the book, and it'll be clear. What does God want for you? Right? I mean, just go to the Ten Commandments. Like, it's not really that hard. Go to the Ten Commandments. Just, just lay out a few of them, right? Okay, no other gods before me. So God should be on the top of my list every single day. Um, uh, we want to have good rest and work rhythms, right? We want to have a day where we're resting and just entirely dependent on God. We're not producing. We're not trying to take care of ourselves. We're just dependent on, on God. Um, we we want to uh, use sex in a God-pleasing way, right? Uh, which in Scripture is going to be uh, one man uh, with, with one woman, right? Um, uh, we want to uh, make sure that we're not hurting each other. We want to make sure that we're not um, lying, uh, that we're not, uh, that we, we want to make sure that we're content, right? That we're not coveting what other people have. So uh, that the standard is kind of cool because, because we know exactly where God wants us to throw it. It's obvious. But, but then, then we start to feel the pressure because um, it's kind of far away. And, and we feel that pressure of, am I going to make it in there or not? And when we do that, oh, it, at least I'm better than other people, right? We kind of play that game like, oh, I got close, but I didn't quite meet the standard of God. It's okay because I'm probably better than so-and-so. And then there are the days, <laughs> the hours, <laughs> when we just miss it. And so we put a lot of pressure on this moment, on this throw, 
And, and, and if we just kind of really play that pressure out, right, there's, there's kind of that question mark of, man, if I miss the standard of God, is he going to love me? Or, or we put that pressure on ourselves and we say, man, if I, maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I meet the standard of God today, he'll answer this one prayer that I really desire God to answer. If I, if I, if I get this in the hole every time, then maybe he'll let me into heaven. See, we put all this pressure on ourselves because we know what the standard of God is, and, and so we desire to get it right. We desire to meet the standard of God. But we also know that we're not all that great at this game. And so sometimes we fall short of that standard, and we just begin to kind of ask those questions. Will he love somebody like me? a lot of pressure on that moment, a lot of pressure on that throw, because we understand that it's not just one throw, it's not just four throws, it's not just eight or 16, it's a countless number of throws, and because God is holy and perfect, boy, if I miss one, then I know that there's disappointment from God, I know that there's disappointment in myself, and, 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 I, and I know that there's separation between me and him. And so there's just this countless, this enormous amount of pressure on trying to get it right, on trying to please God, on, on trying to do the right thing and meet his standard. Uh, in just a second, I, I want to turn to the words of Scripture uh, because it would be one thing for me to uh, sort of try to take the pressure off of you uh, it would be one thing for me to try to say, hey, there's more freedom than what we're talking about right here. But I don't think it's going to be as powerful if I say it as if we just let God himself say it. And so in just a moment, we're going to turn to Scripture, and we're going to let Scripture just bring freedom to this system. Uh, it's undeniable, right, that this is the system that the world has created. This is the system that we live in. Um, perform and get love. Uh, do something, earn something, right? This is the system that the world has created, and it just kind of bleeds over into our relationships. It bleeds over into our relationship with God, into our relationship with each other, into our relationship with myself. And we just put so much pressure on ourselves to perform. We put so much pressure on ourselves to get it right and, and, to, and, and to meet the standard every single time. And we wonder, can I be loved? Am I loved? Do people approve of me? Does God approve of me? Um, the, the story of Christmas, of course, uh, begins to break through and begins to bring freedom and, and begins to um, show us a different system. <sighs> Um, I've got these scriptures uh, on the screen for you, and, and, and I want you to just see this as we go along. We're going to start in Titus chapter 3, verse 4. It says this, The goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. It appeared. And, and, and that, that sounds really nice. It sounds really warm and fuzzy. But then, but, but then see all this uh, kind of put together here, right? Uh, when you go uh, just, just right after that, right? The goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. Um, we ourselves, 
were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Does that sound like God appears to people who are hitting the mark and meeting his standard? No, of course not. They're not even close. They're not hitting the board. <laughs> they're throwing it over here and they're hitting other people as they're doing it. This is amazing, guys, that, 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 that God would appear to this kind of people. We ourselves, right, were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, hating one another. But when the kindness, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the next one is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. Uh, we read it earlier, and uh, uh, it, it's just a, a, an amazing little section of Scripture because this is thousands of years before Jesus, thousands of years. This is at the time of Moses. And, uh, and, and thousands of years before, uh, before Jesus, Moses says this, The Lord your God has chosen you to be, his, his, uh, to be a people for his treasured possession. Uh, just kind of sit in the joy of that. He's chosen you to be his treasured possession. He, he loves you. He thinks that you are a priceless treasure. And then you read the next verse, and it just kind of like, wow. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you. See, the, the Lord loves out of choice. He loves by choice. He doesn't love because you hit a cornhole every single time. He doesn't love because you get it on the board every single time. He loves out of his choice for you. He's chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Look at this. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, uh, while we were missing the mark, Right? While we were missing the board altogether in embarrassing fashion on live stream, guess what? Christ died for you. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. How amazing is that, right? We looked at that last week with the, with the Magnificat. Right after this, Mary just falls on her knees in awestruck wonder. Right, that, that God would find favor with her. She's at the bottom of the totem pole. Right? Do you remember the ladder last week and, and me laying on the floor? Right? That's where Mary is. That's her position, her lot in life, where um, she, she's just as humble and as low as you can get in society. And God has somehow found favor with her. Look, it's not because she's so great. It's not because she aims well. It's not because she uh, perfectly meets the standards of God. It's because this is what God does. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Last one, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, you've uh, likely heard me say this before. We can talk, say a, a couple of different things about grace um, grace could be described in, in four words, right? Jesus in your place. Go ahead and say Jesus in 
your place, right? Jesus in your place. It could also be an acronym. I'm always amazed at how many people haven't heard this, right? God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense, right? That's what grace is. It's a gift that is given to you. It's a grace that is given to us. By grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. (laughs) It's a gift of God not a result of works, so that no one can boast. See, in the kingdom of God, um, God has been very consistent, right? That's why I brought in that passage from Deuteronomy. It's so beautiful, right? God has been very consistent for, for hundreds or, and, and thousands of years. And, and God has been sending this message to us over and over and over again, hey, I am gracious, slow to anger and abounding and steadfast, unmoving, undying, unchanging love. God is gracious, so you don't have to to prove yourself, and you can experience real love. Um, I I just want you to see this, right? The standard standard still matters. I I don't want you to hear uh, today, oh, just forget it. The standard doesn't matter at all. Um, The standard still matters, but, but what I want you to hear today is that your relationship with God isn't dependent on you meeting the standard. Because you don't, and you won't. I don't either. (laughs) If I throw um, eight of these bags in a day, guess how many I'm going to make? Probably not very many, guys. I'm just not. And, and, And that's why God sent Jesus. That's why the Christmas story is so powerful. Because we absolutely needed him. We needed him. And God came through and he said, look, you need it and I'm going to give it. He's the most gracious being we'll ever experience. Your relationship with God isn't dependent on you meeting the standards. So guess what? All of a sudden, <laughs> we're free. Right? We, we still aim. We still throw. We're still paying attention to, hey, where am I aiming? How am I aiming? Am I getting it on the board? Man, I really want to. But all of a sudden, there's more joy involved. We, we can enjoy throwing. We can enjoy the game. Because we know, ultimately, I am loved. Because we know he's going to bless me today. Because we know he's going to answer my prayer. Because you earn it? Because you deserve it? No, because God is gracious. God is gracious, so you don't have to prove yourself, and boy, can you experience this amazing, incredible, unchanging, unfailing, steadfast love of God the Father Almighty. Let's pray. Um, uh, uh, Jesus, we, we thank you for coming uh, as a precious gift. Uh, we thank you for, uh, for, for changing our approach. Uh, thank you for changing our hearts. Uh, thanks for bringing enjoyment uh, to day-to-day life. And we're free. <laughs> uh, you, you've declared us to be righteous. You have made us one of your kids. You love us deeply and forever. 
And so we thank you for showing us uh, the full extent of your love. You left your crown, your throne in heaven. You came down to be with us. You died on a cross. You rose from the dead so that we would know without a shadow of a doubt that we are loved. That we are approved of. And that you desire to give us good, great gifts. And so, Father, we we thank you. Thanks for sending Jesus. Jesus, thanks for demonstrating the full love of the Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for turning our eyes to Jesus and letting us live in freedom with no pressure, just joy. And all God's people said, amen.